Hey there, chatters. I'm Nat. And I'm Kat, and welcome to the Crime Chat. I'm your forensic femme fatale, and Natalie is your true crime addict connoisseur. We're just two girls sipping on some Snoop-inspired gin and juice. Cheers! Snacking on some Martha award-winning chocolate hazelnut ganache frosted cookies. That's an actual recipe. Really? Well, okay. We'll talk about some of her cookbooks, actually. While we obsess about dark crimes, evil minds, and occasionally the unknown. Here's your disclaimer, chatters. The following crime chat contains adult content and descriptions of potentially violent scenarios. I'm not sure how violent you're going to get today. Martha's not so violent in her crime behind the wine. But either way, your listener discretion is advised because there will be adult language. Yes. Yes, there will be. So before we get into today's crime chat, Kat, what have you done? Oh, gosh. Um, well, so uh, we are behind two episodes behind on house of dragon okay and the only reason for that is because we got sucked into this other show called the 100 is that an older show yes i started to watch i watched like the first episode years ago i was like eh, it's okay like it didn't get me right it didn't it didn't catch me now like in the first episode so i was like meh let's see what else is on right so chris pulls it up like I don't know, last week or the week before, and he's like, hey, have you ever seen this? And I was like, well, I, you know, I tried to watch it. I said, it was okay. I said, we can, you know, we can watch it if you want to. <laughs> We're like season three in. <laughs> I remember it was good. Yeah, so there's like six or seven seasons, something like that. So anytime that we're together, like that's, we've been watching the 100. And basically it's about, you know, ugh, the earth goes to shit and people who are in space, stayed in space and all of these other countries and stuff created the ark which is this alliance among people so you have your space people and then they have a bunch of like juvenile delinquents that they send to earth to test it and see if there's still like a radioactive uh, and they're like you're our test bed so basically they're like um what guinea do you call pig. It? uh yeah guinea pigs but like collateral damage essentially like you're an acceptable loss to us <laughs> So, but then they survive and then the Ark ends up like dying and they all kind of come back down to earth and we're basically in at the point now where it was a, an artificial intelligence that created this destruction of the earth originally, like a mm-hmm. hundred years before. So yeah. So we're like halfway through maybe. I, I've seen it, but I don't remember it. So, but maybe I should start watching it again. It's got some, actually some familiar Mm. actors in it there's one female that's in there she was in the walking dead there's another female that was in there who was in um american horror story is it that girl roberts is it julia roberts niece emma roberts no no it's um the i can't remember what she played i played in american horror story sorry can you hear bella barking yeah hey bella no she's outside the door (laughs) so she's probably pissed off like mommy she was barking at ghosts She had to have been. She's standing in the doorway, like, cause so right across the ho- from the door is mm. our master bedroom. Right. She's standing just in sort inside of the bedroom, barking at nothing. <laughs> Bella, Bella, did you see Casper? Did you see Casper? Now she's looking at me like, <laughs> sorry, mommy. <laughs> so the one lady from American Horror Story, she I can't remember, I don't remember her name, but she was like the kind of middle-aged black lady with short hair not angela Bissett. not angela Bissett. no not angela Bissett. um 
I don't remember her name. Okay. okay. But I obviously recognize her face, and she's been in a lot of different things. Okay. Is she the one that has that really boring voice? Like, she talks like this, like in American Horror Story. She, I think she was, like, the patient at one point, and then she was the officer in the l- most recent one with the aliens. With the aliens? Oh. I don't yeah. know if I've seen the most recent one. She, uh, so the one I remember her most prominently from was Roanoke. Did you ever see Roanoke? I did. Or American Horror Story Roanoke? I I think we're talking about the same person. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if I can't remember your name. But she, so she's in it, and um, there's a couple other, like, male actors that I, they've been in other things I've seen, but I, meow. <laughs> nothing else comes to me. <laughs> We're going on a cruise in November, so we're making arrangements for that, and then we're flying Chris's mom down here to stay at the house with the dogs, and like, mm-hmm. and she's actually really excited because every year in Columbia they have this thing called the um, Crafts mm-hmm. Fair, which is all it comes around the holidays all the time, and I've gone with her a few times, and she absolutely loves it. So she's really, really excited that while she's here, it's going to be happening. So very nice. Yeah, but what about you? I've had an interesting week. Yeah. Very busy week. Yeah. Uh, I, so one of, I, I, you know, I'm just going to say it. The, one of the craziest stories, four days ago, my car was stolen from the parking lot. Yes. Yesterday, they found it. Was It, it wasn't stripped or anything? No, or? it was cleaner than when they stole it. <laughs> it was immaculate. So they just got rid of all the shit that Yeah, but I it. mean, I lost all my personal effects and all my stuff. But damn, right. they detailed the shit out of it. I'm like, okay. Well, yeah. Maybe they were going to resell it. Maybe. Maybe. And that's why. And they were going to try and make some money. I don't know, but I got a really clean car back. So thank you. Well, there you thank go. Thank you, Charlotte County PD and Lee County PD. <laughs> they were very nice. <laughs> they were very, very nice. <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's basically it. That's that's kind of like, you know, my week right now. That's very exciting, mm-hmm. though. I mean, not like good exciting, but exciting. Glad you got it yeah. back. And that it's cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into the crime portion of this crime mm-hmm. chat, many of you know Martha Stewart, the queen of domestication, and Snoop Dogg as the king of rap. You may even know that they're friends. But just how close are they? They're pretty close. They're friends, they're business partners, and encouragers of a each other's endeavors in their entrepreneurship so we're going to talk a little bit about kind of their friendship first before we get into each individual story in this season one finale of 19 crimes snoop and martha Yay! Yay! okay so did you know that martha has a podcast i did not i yeah. did not know and it only just started in june of this year so june 2022 it's appropriately called the martha stewart podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> and who do you think her first guest was uh, snoop snoop, snoop. <laughs> amazing episode i listened to it all huge insight into their relationship and i'm gonna talk about a few things that they discussed but also in the patreon i'm gonna go ahead and link the episode mm-hmm. to this podcast episode and encourage you guys to like really check it out. So Martha and Snoop met in November of 2008. So they're going on like a 15 year, well, 14, 15 year relationship, right? Snoop was a guest on her television show, The Martha Stewart Show. They hit it off. They were cooking, joking, and everything in between and have really been friends ever since. And on her podcast, Martha said anywhere, anytime she goes anywhere, she gets asked, how's Snoop? Yeah. 
<laughs> and Snoop also says the people approach him all the time and they're like, I love what you and Martha are doing. So for both celebrities, and they both agreed in her podcast, they both agreed that their fan base demographics have widened tremendously. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, can you imagine, right? Yeah. And he's like 50, right? She's 81. Re- this relationship, and as much as they hit it off, it, it's just exploded uh-huh. and people love it. But this also includes their wine, right? And that's why we're here today. 19 Crimes, baby. Martha said she was approached by Treasure Wine Estates, who, Chatters, if you don't know, is the owner of 19 Crimes in Australia Mm -hmm. because of Snoop's success that he had with Cali Red. And that's what you're drinking today, right? Is the Cali Red? Cali Red. That's right. So because of his success with Cali Red, he then went into Cali Rosé, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yes, Cali Rosé. I had to check my wine bottle behind me. I thought you were going to sneeze. I was like, bless you. Bless you, darling. Uh, So, but because of his success with both both Cali Red and Cali Rosé, and because of their known friendship, they came up to Martha and said, hey, would you be interested in having your own wine? And Martha was like, yeah. So, introducing Martha's Shard, which, guys, if you tuned in last week. Right. You saw that my eye makeup matched, and I said that I would do it again. Yes, it and I did. Looks amazing. Looks amazing. And I Thank got you. Snoop's Snoop Dog. Look how good looking he is. He's so oh, handsome. He is a handsome man. Yes, he's he a, is. That man is a. He's got eyes. He's got really good eyes. They're halfway closed most of the time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. But so Martha describes the wines in 19 Crimes as quote, "You can drink really good wine and not spend a fortune." End quote. And I concur. Thank you, Martha. Hmm? Thank you, Martha. The, if you guys are watching on the Patreon, I have a decor behind me that includes empty bottles of Snoop and Martha's 19 Crimes wine. Your collection of fairy lights getting larger and larger. I still have my cat ears <laughs> up on my calendar. <laughs> Anyways, I concur. I concur that they are a really good wine uh-huh. at not spending a fortune. So, not only are they partners in wine... Uh-huh partners in crime <laughs> but they're also partners if in Bic lighters I don't know if you knew that no I did not yeah so Snoop's design of course have his mm-hmm. picture on it and then artistic forms of his picture like his clothing and everything all his Snoop attire right, right? while Martha's have marble patterns in in the podcast Snoop even said that her marble patterns reminded him of something that you would walk on like it's just elegant because that's just how yeah. she is she's just elegant mm-hmm. right Martha said, quote, I hope you collect mine. And he said, of course I do. He keeps them in the bathroom, in the most appropriate place. For what, candles and stuff? Like for what? Oh. Oh, what? I, I took that to mean smoking oh, and token. I'm, but pa- maybe to candles. To like one of her candles. I, was, I, I just automatically assumed it was for smoking pot. But hey, okay. <laughs> and I'm sure he doesn't keep that just hidden in the bathroom. But... <laughs> <laughs> so Martha asked Snoop about his quote-unquote special cigarettes, and he said he smokes 15 to 25 times a day. 15 times a day if he's doing, like, film, or 25 times a day if he's doing music, if, like, he's in the recording studio. That's a lot. But, I mean, if you think about it, what regular cigarettes, right, there's 20 to a pack. Yeah. People can smoke a pack a day. Yeah, a really heavy smoker smoke a pack a day yeah. I, I smoke it'll yeah. take me three four days for one pack and he said when they're together and he smokes he makes sure Martha gets all of his secondhand I smoke. love them I love them <laughs> and she said I've never done it myself but I'll take in your secondhand <laughs> smoke she said 
<laughs> and he actually called her, quote, unquote, the secondhand queen mm-hmm. in, in the podcast. Martha then talked about investments into cannabis. And Snoop said he began a business for some, has been in the business for mm-hmm. some time now with CBD yeah. and everything for, to promote the use of medical marijuana. He is looking into a delivery service specifically in Southern California to those less fortunate areas to help deliver the medical marijuana for not to get high, but for the medicinal portion of cannabis, which helps with, and then Martha chimed in, autoimmune, anti-inflammatory medical type of benefits. She has also gotten into the CBD business, and I'll talk a little bit about that later. Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart were also on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Uh Fallon. In April of last year, 2021. Yeah, I watched it. It was a six minute clip. Hilarious. (laughs) Okay. They took turns guessing a series of random questions, and it was called Have You Seen The Tonight Show? He's Got His BFF Box. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they were playing the BFF game, like essentially like the newlywed Mm -hmm. game, but for best Mm -hmm. friends, right? They were taking turns guessing each other's answers, uh-huh. random questions that Jimmy would read off. Snoop, and, Snoop said Martha was his best FF because Jimmy had asked him, are you guys BFFs? And, he, he, and Snoop goes, well, he, Martha is my best FF, but I can't say what that actually means because I'm on NBC right now. So he meant best fucking friends. Oh! <laughs> Not best friends forever, like we would say BFF. Or in a different content, best fucking friends. <laughs> oh yeah hey. maybe maybe not i don't know um okay so one of the questions was quote if martha was an alcoholic beverage what would she be end quote my assumption because of martha shard i was like well shit she's got to be a chardonnay right? right nope so snoop answer he had to go first because he was trying to guess martha's answer mm-hmm. was vodka okay. and then martha martha wrote quote unquote martha rita and I love it. <laughs> so apparently there was like an inside joke to this because Martha was like, I can't believe you forgot, Snoop. So I don't know the story behind it. And they didn't really show it or like on the Tonight Show or anything. But there's something that has to do with a Martha Rita that Snoop knows about. So another question was, if Snoop had to choose another profession, what would he do? So Martha, of course, having to guess first, wrote basketball star, basketball coach. Snoop wrote a pastor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Martha said... Of course, they're laughing and everything, and Martha's like, it seemed like you were changing. I could tell something was a little different about you, you know, just joking or whatever. He was like, you know, he put his hands together and was like praying kind of thing. It was was comical, but regardless of whatever BFF status that they have, their long-term spotlight, both good and bad, is what brought us here today in collaboration with 19 Crimes. Yes. It is. Oh, my God. That's I love them. I absolutely love them. I know. Me, too. I think they're fabulous. Yeah. They're a great couple. Couple. Yeah. Friends, right? Mm-hmm. Like, a great partnership. Yeah. That professional, like, just very laid back. And I'll get into a little bit about how um, Martha's ma- favorite music is rap. Is it? It is. She's surprising. And uh, I have two Crime Chat links, actually. Oh. I have <gasps> one with Martha and then... I have one that's not necessarily a Snoop Dogg link, but it is a link to his industry when I was growing up. When I was working in Manhattan, I was uh, working in a, um, an office that was off of the West, uh, West Side Highway, mm-hmm. which was known as Hell's Kitchen or like Chelsea. Sure. They, they were renovating this huge apartment building and they were making it uh, these little apartments and they were just blowing out the walls and making it these like penthouse 
offices oh. that overlook the water. And she bought one of these offices. And, these, you know, one floor could be, like, 50,000 square feet. Wow. It was huge. Like, it was a huge. So did she have, like, the Martha Stewart floor? She had her floor. And she showed up one day. And I remember I was coming out. Now, the building was, like, the way it was situated was, like, right it was right on the uh, West Side Highway, so right past that was the water. Okay. It had a link to the train station in the building, so you just had to go downstairs and jump on the train and go. Oh, wow. You never had to leave the building. Yeah. Like, the building was situated so perfectly. Yeah. So I'm leaving the building. I'm turning left. I notice that there's no cars on the street. I'm like, wow, this is quiet. It was, like, eerily quiet. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you see a bunch of black sedans pull up, and every, I mean, an entourage had to be 30 40 people jumping out of the car she later gets out of the car and they surround her like an entourage so what time frame was this was this post jail time and before jail time that was like right before 9 11 okay wherever she went she had a harem with her she was she's somebody i mean she's definitely she could shut down a city street she's showing up right no no doubt absolutely no doubt well, what, so before you get into your Snoop story, you want to talk about your Snoop Dogg crime chat link? So the crime chat link with Snoop Dogg is not necessarily with Snoop Dogg. So like I, I was born and raised in Brooklyn. And then when I was 14, I, my family moved over to Staten Island. I went to high school at Newdorp High School in uh, middle, uh, well, not middle and beach, but okay. Newdorp. We were not too far from Targi Street, which, which was where the uh, Stapleton projects were. Okay. I remember there was a group there, and everybody in the school always was, was like, buzzing. Like, oh, yeah, these guys are really good. They're really talented. I remember when they would be walking around, you would just, like, eyes to the floor. Like, because they were, to us, they were, like, oh. celebrities. And I remember my brother and I, we were just so quiet. He was a couple years ahead of me. I was kind of, like, new to the school. But it was the Wu-Tang Clan. Oh. And um, my brother said, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah, I know him. Like, he goes by uh, Method Man. <gasps> and we didn't know, like, who, like, we, at that point, we were, like, they weren't really, they were just coming into being, like, the, the hip-hop sensation that yeah. they were. But they were still in high school. That is crazy. Okay, Chatters, we are here. And in the season one finale, talking about another 19 crimes, crime behind the wine kind of thing, right? The story behind the wine. Flashing back to our first episode where, if you recall, there's an application that you can put on your phone called A Living Label. And it's not just 19 crimes. It's a couple other wine companies that are a part of this. But basically, you download the app and you put it onto the wine bottle where it faces the picture on on the bottle. And as it registers... It basically tells you the story. So we did a couple of the 19 crimes, guys. We did what? Michael Moore and who was your guy? Cornelius Dwyer Kane. That's right. So we had Michael Moore and Cornelius Dwyer Kane tell their stories through themselves, right? Mm-hmm. They told the stories themselves. Obviously, we dove a little bit deeper into it. Yes. But also, Martha and Snoop both have living labels as well. So, mm-hmm. And here is the Living Wine Label app of 19 Crimes featuring Snoop Dogg tell his own story on his Cali Red. And I was born to defy society. I believed in myself when the world tried to train a dog not to. Gotta thank myself for that. I already did, but I'm gonna do it again. Glasses up! Let's make a toast to success and nothing less. Yes, sir. 
so Snoop we mentioned um, has a Cali Red, a Cali Rosé, and now a Cali Gold, and I cannot wait to get my hands on it. I'm wondering, I'm assuming it's a white wine. I'm wondering what kind of white it is. I love Chard. I love Pinot Grigio, uh, Moscato. Like, I mean, and I love red too, but my my choice actually right now is mm-hmm. Chardonnay. Yeah, Chardonnay, which is kind of like a, I guess it's mm-hmm. yellow. It's not like a true white. It's very dry. Like, the whites are too dry for me. But I, I appreciate Snoop coming out with the red. <laughs> Here you go. Here is Martha's living label. People keep telling me I should bottle my success. Okay. I've never been big on labels. But this one is the exception. Work hard. Play hard. Drink shard. Kat, are you ready for my story on Snoop? Yes. I can't wait to learn so much more about Snoop. I mean, I had, so, <laughs> crime cat confession. Or, sorry, crime chat confession. I said crime cat. It is a crime cat confession. <laughs> crime cat confession? <laughs> I have a crime cat confession. <laughs> Your face is, you look completely guilty. What? What is it? What'd you do? Where's the body? I was obsessed with Snoop Dogg. I was totally obsessed with Snoop Dogg. I had a, a life-size poster of him in my room. Yeah. I mean, along with, like, Tim McGraw and, like, you know, mm-hmm. Sublime. <laughs> but the biggest poster I had in my room was of Snoop Dogg. Snoop has that same charisma that I see in artists such as Marvin Gaye. <laughs> okay, so back to the story. As you know, Snoop Dogg is highly successful, and he has been everywhere. The man has been flipping everywhere, and it's very hard to kind of mm-hmm. just stay on track with his story. Or he's going to be loaded with a bunch of his accomplishments. I mean, it's like I try to kind of like get it year by year by year so you can kind of okay. understand like every single year yes. this man was doing something. There was something that was going on. And a couple of his setbacks, I didn't want to get into too deep because, you know what, I love Snoop. I don't want to talk (laughs) negatively about Snoop. Okay, so I will highlight some things that, controversial things that have happened, but the bottom line is we're here celebrating 19 Crimes and Snoop, and that's what we're going to do. Okay, so the East Coast-West Coast hip-hop rivalry was a feud between artists and fans of the East Coast hip-hop and West Coast hip-hop scene in the United States, especially in the mid-90s. Now, I remember this. Oh, same. I lived very close to, like I said, the Stapleton Projects, and there was a very powerful vibe there with the rap scene and with just the, just the, like, uh, the, the nightlife. Yeah. Now, Snoop Dogg was born... Kodzar Calvin Bordis Jr., also called Snoop Doggy Dog, born October 20th, 1971 in Long Beach, California. American rapper and songwriter who became one of the best known figures in gangster rap in the mid-90s and was for many the epitome of a West Coast hip-hop culture. Calvin, mm-hmm. who we will refer to from this point on as Snoop, I like Snoop better, the name Snoop. Oh, was yeah. named after his stepfather, Calvin Codazar Bordas. His biological father was Vernel Varadano, who was a Vietnam War veteran, singer, and mail carrier. Now, Beverly Tate was his mother. 
And mm-hmm. for now, they were unable to keep their relationship afloat, and they got separated when Snoop was only three months old. Okay. Beverly Tate became a single mother, and it was not easy for her. She worked three jobs to take care of her son so they wouldn't be deprived of anything. Mm-hmm. Although his parents were apart, his father played a very significant role in Snoop's life. His father was also a singer and an actor, and he acted in some films over the years. He wanted to be an entertainer. That was his father's passion. Oh. His father encouraged Snoop to pursue a career yeah. in music. Beverly got married in 1971 to Calvin Cotazar Bordas. There was an overlap. Let's just put it that way. There was an overlap, and, you know, that's that's Beverly's okay. life, but there was an overlap, so... Although uh, Calvin is not Snoop's biological father, Beverly named Snoop after the stepfather. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, her second marriage, which was to Calvin, was very unsuccessful, and the couple got divorced mm. five years later. As per the familytrom.com, because I did check that to, like, the family trees to see exactly how it lined up, like I was trying to get like, yeah. a mental picture. She's got yeah. three sons. However... Other sources claim that she has four sons, but we're going to stick to three. Okay. First son is Jerry Wesley Carter, who was the result of an affair with a sailor. His name was Harold Carter. Okay. Her middle son is Snoop himself. And the third one is Bing. And I love, okay, so outside of loving the name Snoop, I love the name Bing. I love the name Bing. I think it's such a cool name. Yeah. Who was conceived by Bing Crosby Worthington Sr., his name is Bing Crosby Worthington Sr. And that's a good name, right? No, that's a that's great a name. name. Yes. So she had like a short-lived romance with this guy. Mm-hmm. So Bing Worthington, who was established by his name in the music and the business world. So Bing, very successful in the same business as Snoop. Mm-hmm. Like, but he worked behind the scenes more. Mm-hmm. He enjoyed producing. He did work on a bunch of videos for Snoop. Mm-hmm. But you really don't see a lot of pictures of him. He's kind of like a corporate type of sure. guy. Yeah. He worked behind the scenes uh in an interview on change reality show she mentioned that she used to work more than 13 to 14 hours per day at mcdonald's she worked hard to provide for her family mm-hmm. as a boy calvin was nicknamed mm-hmm. snoop due to his love of the cartoon character from peanuts oh snoopy yes When he was very young, he began to sing and play piano at the Trinity Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. In sixth grade, he began to rap. Snoop sold candy, delivered newspapers, and bagged groceries to help his mother pay the bills. He was described as having been a dedicated student, a churchgoer, active in the choir, and football. Okay. Snoop stated that in 1993 is when he began engaging in unlawful activities and joining gangs despite his mother's warnings. Mm. Beverly. Mm. So Snoop frequently rapped in school. Snoop stated, When I rapped in the hallways at school, I would draw such a big crowd that the principal would think that there was a fight going on. It made Mm. me begin to realize that I had a gift. I could tell that my raps interested people and that it made me interested in myself. How powerful is that? I love the reflection, like, after, right? you know, success or, or whatever. Like, I love how these celebrities reflect back on themselves yeah. as, like, what really got them started and when they realize that they actually would be good at what they do. Yes, I agree. And when they have these powerful moments, these self-realizing internal developments and these epiphanies, and I'm like, God, that's freaking brilliant. 
Yes. As a teenager, Snoop ran into trouble with the law, although he denied it. He was allegedly a member of the Rolling Twenties Crips gang in the East Side neighborhood of Long Beach, California. Are you mm. familiar with them? Your your background in law. Do you have any? I mean, I'm I'm familiar with Crips, not necessarily the Rolling Twenties Crips, mm-hmm. but. Crips in general, yes. After graduating from high school at Long Beach Polytech High School in 1989, he was arrested for possession of cocaine. Mm-hmm. And for the next three years, he would frequently be incarcerated. In 1990, he was convicted of felony possession of drugs and possession for sale. Mm-hmm. After he got out with his two cousins, Nate Dog and Little Half Dead. I, You know what? I've always known... I've always known Nate Dogg, but I guess I never realized that they were cousins. Like, I know oh, that it was Snoop Dogg and Nate Dogg. Like, yeah. I knew that they were from the same, like, record company and, like, the same, like, crew. Like, the same group. I never realized they were cousins. That's amazing. Okay. So, Lil Half Dead. I love that name, Lil Half Dead. Oh, my God. And a friend's Warren G. Snoop recorded handmade tapes. The four called their group 213 after the area code of Long Beach at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So now one of Snoop's early handmade mixtapes, Snoop rapping solo over Hold On by In Vogue, wound up on Dr. Dre's desk. Now, Dr. Dre is the founder of Death Row Records, amongst many more other companies. Mm -hmm. Dr. Dre is a rapper, record producer, actor, entrepreneur, record executive. Yes. He was so impressed, he called Snoop in to audition. Little history lesson for Dr. Dre, because I love Dr. Dre. Yes. The man is gorgeous. He's gorgeous. He is. No, he absolutely is. He is extremely handsome. So Dr. Dre was also part of the NWA. Yeah. In 1987, this consisted of Arabian Prince, Easy e Ice Cube, DJ Yella, and MC Ren. Yes. Yes. I mean, even to this day, like... We need to do a, a crime chat. Well, I don't know about crime chat on Ice Cube. Ice Cube is like amazing, phenomenal. Yeah, super and then talent. of course Easy E, rest in peace. I know Ice Cube is super talent. Like this man is whatever he touches, he's like that. He's got the Midas touch. Whatever he touches turns to gold. Yeah. So does Dr. Dre. Whatever he yes. <laughs> well, so so and it, it's funny in this collaboration because Snoop and on the podcast with Martha was talking about because it was done in June his recent halftime show in the Super Bowl that he did with Dr. Dre. Right. So Dr. Dre called him and was like hey you want to do this halftime show with me and he said it was very surreal for him even during the performances and stuff and it didn't really hit him like what he actually did until he got home afterwards watched it like five or six times to like evaluate himself then he was realizing like holy shit I just did the halftime show at the Super Bowl with Dr. Dre like he's like it, it really like humbled him I mean you've got a hundred million viewers watching you at this point and that was the super bowl for this year and this is what uh, gosh 35 years later and they're still collaborating which is amazing there is only one dr dre and there is he's got no competition yeah so this was also um an affiliate of the doc aka tracy lynn curry an american rapper talented writer and collaborator which he basically was involved in all of it like this man was involved in all of it especially with the music writing and stuff also a member of the 
Phila Fresh crew. Do you remember this? I do remember the Phila Fresh crew. Yes. They taught Snoop how to structure his lyrics, separate the themes into verses, hooks, line, and choruses. In 1992, Snoop was featured on Dr. Dre's debut single, Deep Cover, selling 23 million albums in the United States and 35 million worldwide. His accolades include an American Music Award, a Primetime Emmy Award, and 17 nominations at the Grammy Award. Mm -hmm. Snoop's debut solo album, Doggy Style, was produced by Dr. Dre and released by Death Row Records in in November 1993. I had this CD. Did you? Well, eventually when it became a CD. I think it was still in the cassette stages at this point. I think it was. (laughs) But yeah, I I did have the CD, the actual CD. Did you have cassettes? I did. My my first car had an 8-track player in it. (gasps) What? (laughs) Yes. I saw that once. I think an eight track player. Yeah. But I, we, we always had cassettes, but like I used to make those, you know, those mid mixtapes like. Oh, all the time. And then when you tried to catch it, catch the song coming on on the radio, you'd be like <gasps> running over and like trying to hit record so you can record it. <laughs> on your boom box. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes. This debuted at number one on the popular art albums chart the billboard 200 and on billboards top r&b hip-hop album chart like this was a hit Mm -hmm. and there is a picture and i'll put it on the patreon the actual album cover which is really cool because it is dr dre and then with snoop dogg and it was like all in like red and black and it was just cool it was nice Selling 800,000 copies Mm. in its first week, Doggy Style was certified quadruple platinum in 1994 and featured the singles What's My Name and Gin is Juice. Sipping on gin and juice. Yeah. Death Row Records released the soundtrack by Snoop Mm. for a short film, Murder Was the Case, starring Snoop. This film surrounded the 1993 case where Snoop Dogg was charged with first-degree murder of a member of a rival gang who was shot and killed by Snoop's bodyguard, McKinley Lee, who fired the shot while he was driving in Snoop's car. So Snoop was driving the car, and his bodyguard shot this So his bodyguard was the one that actually shot from Snoop's vehicle, so they assumed that it was Snoop. No, so they they knew it was McKinley. Okay. But they they were charging both of them for first-degree murder. Okay, okay. In the episode Disgraceland, Jake Brennan breaks down the events leading up to Snoop's arrest, going all the way back to his days with Dr. Dre as his protege. Mm -hmm. Leaving no stone unturned, Jake discusses how Snoop's ties to the streets ultimately led to his 1993 arrest. Hmm. No matter how high Snoop climbed, the gravity of the streets would always pull him back down. And Snoop didn't mind. Jake says it was where he came from ever since he was a youth he rode with the Roland 20 Crips the streets were his world he was in no hurry to leave them behind despite his success Mm. it was also discovered that the LAPD had handled the case with incompetence having destroyed evidence clothing moved bullets and shell casings from the scene when this was revealed the jury could be seen in the courtroom visibly rolling their eyes and shaking their heads Snoop and and McKinley were eventually acquitted with no time and they were back on the streets. Mm-hmm. Johnny Cochran represented them. <laughs> oh, Johnny. Oh, Johnny. Johnny Cochran represented them. Yep. Uh, in 1996, his second album, The Dog Father, also debuted at number one, both charts with Snoop Upside Your Head as the lead single. <laughs> the next mm-hmm. year, the album was certified double platinum. This man, once again, 
he's getting like that Midas touch that Dr. Dre has. Like he's mm-hmm. he's getting his groove. He's getting it. Mm-hmm. He's getting it together. For a few yeah. years, Snoop's records failed to generate excitement comparable to that of his debut. But he carefully cultivated this cartoonish public persona, which mm-hmm. made him a, a rap pop icon. Yes. West Coast slang and exaggerated verbal tics entered the popular American vocabulary. It's like New York with like talk and coffee and so you know, it's just like Oh yeah. It's very relatable with some people and you know exactly where we come from. Yes. The following year he pleaded guilty possession to a handgun and was ordered to record three public service announcements, perform 800 hours of community service, and pay $1,000 worth of fines, and serve three years of probation. Mm. That's the thing about Snoop Dogg. Super successful. Yeah. Never really let anything get him down, but he did have a lot of run-ins. Snoop decided to part ways on good terms with Death Row Records, and Mm -hmm. he signed with No Limit Records, releasing three Snoop albums. The game is to be sold, not to be told, and no limit top dog. (laughs) (laughs) He also signed with Priority Capital EMI Records, releasing Pay the Cost to Be the Boss. I paid the cows to be be the bows. In September 2006, Snoop was detained at the John Way Airport in California because they uh, found a pill on his carry-on bag, according to the police statement. Now, you're going to hear a lot of according to the police statement because really nothing. It's crazy how this happens, but it's like almost like nothing is confirmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was also arrested in October, which was like <laughs> September, October. So, the man okay, is just... so same year. So September of 2006 and October 2006. Yeah. Yeah. At mm. Bob Hope Airport for possession of a firearm and for suspicion of transporting marijuana, according to the police statement. According to the police statement. Yeah. I know. I don't know, but no charges. Yeah. But just according to the police statement. After a guest appearance on The Tonight Show with the J- with Jay Leno, he was arrested again for possession of marijuana, cocaine, and a firearm. Aww. According to the police statement, two members of his entourage were admitted members of the Rolling 20 Crisp- Crisps gang. Is it Crisp or Cribs? I always said Cribs with a B. Crips. It's Crips. The Crips. And were arrested on separate charges. Wait, you got West Side... West side and east side. Or wait, wait, east I have coast. no idea. Cat is doing gang signs right now. Cat okay. does not know how to do gang signs. On April 26, 2010, Snoop and his entourage were arrested after being turned away from British Airways First Class Lounge in London. After being escorted outside, the group got into a fight with police and vandalized the duty-free shop. By the way, the British Airways Lounge, freaking yeah. amazing. Like is it? Yes. Like fancy. You. It's super fancy. It's fancy. I love yeah. it. I love fancy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seven police officers were injured during the incident. Ah. Come on, Snoop. I know. After a night in jail, Snoop and the other men were released on bail the next day, but he was unable to perform the scheduled concert in Johannesburg, so he mm. ended up having to leave. In April 2007, Australian Department of Immigration and Citizenship banned him from entering the country on character grounds. Oh my gosh. Citing his prior criminal convictions, which were also later reversed. Okay. This dude is getting hit no matter where he goes. Yeah. Like, it's just not fair. During all this airport drama, Priority Records released his album Malice in Wonderland, followed by 
documentary, which you can find on YouTube, and I say okay. go watch it. It's really good. It's about an hour and a half long. It's really documentary. good. Documentary. Got it. Uh, Snoop Dogg has starred in motion pictures, hosted several television shows. He also coaches a youth football league and high school football team. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. EMI hired him as the chairman of Priority Records. Priority was a joint venture between Capitol Records and Insurgency Music. So they kind of said, you know what? He does so much good. It outweighs whatever bad or seemingly bad that surrounds him. I I will get into my opinion later about Snoop's background, but like Snoop is a very private person. He is. He is. Yeah. While Snoop traveled around the world to perform his concerts, he had been detained and banned from countries such as Norway, Sweden, Britain, and Australia. Most cases involve possession of marijuana. Hey, puff, puff, pass. His special cigarette. His special cigarette. So Snoop continued to make music and big hits like the 2004 Drop It Like It's Hot. Who the fuck doesn't know that song? Drop It Like It's Hot. Drop It Like It's Hot. Yes. He also reunited with Warren G and Nate Dogg as 213 to drop the album The Hard Way. Mm -hmm. In 2007, Snoop Dogg became the first artist to release a ringtone prior to the release of his single. Oh my god. I, yes, I totally downloaded like ringtones and downloading ringtones were like so yeah. was were such a big thing like mid 2000s right you had ringtones for like one person calling the other person calling like my kids when they when they would call me uh-huh. and my only my oldest son at this time actually had a cell phone but it would be like it was the um the family guy you have stewie going mama mama mommy 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 ma 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 lois 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 exactly why i didn't have kids <laughs> That was that was his ringtone. <laughs> okay, so let's make a pact right now. Crime chat pact. Crime chat pact. Our ringtone yes. should be yes. either the crime chat theme song or yeah. the theme song to X Files. <gasps> oh my gosh! So I have a, a Mulder and uh, Mulder was it Mulder and Scully story? Yeah. Do you want to uh, hear it? Now I need to hear it. Okay. Okay. So quick Mulder and Scully story. I was doing an investigation Mm -hmm. and the crime was intentional or basically like aggravated assault or or attempted murder Mm -hmm. from an infected HIV person who was intentionally infecting other people (gasps) through homosexual activities okay and this was a big thing like and this was right around the same time like 2007 2008 like time frame right Mm. so I went to do a victim interview of somebody who was an active duty military member infected with HIV intentionally infecting other people the gentleman that I was interviewing was a civilian Mm -hmm. so we had we went up to Greenville which is about like three hours away from me and we went up there, myself and a, another male agent went up there to go interview this individual. We assumed at the time, I would take lead on the interview, mm-hmm. that he may feel more comfortable talking to me. Right. And Russ, my counterpart, mm-hmm. which was a very large man, mm-hmm. <laughs> would be the note taker, right? Would actually just like kind of take the notes, be a secondary in the interview. So we get there and we do the interview with him. Mm-hmm. He... Um, you know, he's he's homosexual, which is fine. I, obviously, I have no judgment or anything like right. that. But I was trying to take the lead on this interview, and he would... 
talked to Russ, the guy, my partner at the time, more than me. And he was like, and we, we pick, kind of picked up on this uh-huh. during the interview that he was talking to Russ more than he was talking to me. So I kind of became, naturally became secondary and I was taking notes and Russ was taking the lead. Uh-huh. So he's like, what kind of sex did you have? And he's like, he literally looked at Russ and he put his hand over his mouth to cover it for me. He goes, like he didn't want me to hear it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, it's fine, right? So I say Mulder, like Scully and Mulder because we had to end the interview early mm. because he had a hair appointment. And so we waited to finish the interview until after his hair appointment. And as he was walking out from his hair appointment to finish our interview, which we did at a coffee shop across the street, he are Mulder and Scully right across the street right there they're waiting on me and he's because apparently he told his hairstylist the entire story of what we were interviewing him about yeah and I'm like I'm Mulder and he's Scully or I'm I'm Scully and he's Mulder one or the other <laughs> people would probably solve more crimes if they just if they just asked the beauticians a little bit more they just say you know what let me just question you oh my gosh beauticians have beauticians oh, have God, so much absolutely. goss yeah. So much goss. Goss. Yes. What's the goss? What's the goss? Beauticians have so much goss that they would be like the first person that I would go to as an investigator. So <laughs> so that's my uh, Mulder and Scully story. Yeah. Snoop branched out into acting during the same period and appeared in several films including Starsky and Hutch training day he also made a guest appearance on several television shows including the l word and weeds and also starred in his own e-reality show snoop dogs fatherhood in 2007 oh so i've seen the l word but i don't remember i don't remember him being in there or in weeds i will have to rewatch. Hashtag yes. on my list of things to do. The series features his wife, Shantae, and their three children, Corday, Cordell, and Corey. Uh, he was also part of a sketch show, Doggy Fizzizzle. <laughs> Could you say, you, you know what? Okay. Cat, go ahead. Doggy Fizzle Televizzle. There you go. <laughs> Doggy Fizzle Televizzle. I remember this, so but everything, like, at this time frame, too, everything was a fizzle or an izzle. Yeah. It was Snoop Izzle with a bizzle. Like, everything was. Yeah. Is there a break-in? What's happening? I can't. I hear a Snoop dog. She's doing some doggy fizzle right now. <laughs> a Snoop doggy izzle with a jizzle. He also participated in 2011 Comedy Central Rosa Future President. Trump. Yes. Do you remember that? Roasts were big. Like, roasts, like, really started to pick up about 10 years ago. Like, 10, 11 years ago. And, like, it was a huge thing. Do you remember, like, after 2010? Yeah. Roasts are pretty freaking funny. They're hilarious. So, in 2012, after a trip to Jamaica, Snoop announced that he converted to Rastafarian with his new alias, Snoop Mm -hmm. Lion. As Snoop Lion, he released a reggae album, Reincarnated, Reincarnated. Reincarnated. <laughs> what the fuck? I, I don't Re-incarnated. know. I'm moving along. <laughs> Natisms. Natisms and a documentary film of the same name about his Jamaican experience. Outside of music, Snoop has made investments in the cannabis business. Mm-hmm. In November 2015, he launched Leaps by Snoop. 
becoming the first A-list celebrity to brand a line of cannabis. Mm. That same year, he also launched a new digital media venture called Mary Jane, which focused on the latest marijuana news. Can we be hosts on Mary Jane with the marijuana news? Maybe, but I don't I don't smoke marijuana, but maybe. I mean, I don't smoke marijuana either, but we can talk about marijuana news. I got a, a crime chat link that I didn't realize, and that was in 1990. Eight. I traveled to Amsterdam with yeah. friends. On the plane there, and we were young at the time, so we were just like goofing around. The person sitting next to me was this professional business guy, and he's like stressed out. He asked me, he goes, how many of your friends do you, are you here with? And I'm like, I'm here with six friends, a combination of men and women. And he goes, I need uh, some help. And do you want to participate in my event? And the people that he set up were not on the flight. Like they missed their flight. Okay. The next day, the uh, front desk called up and said, okay, your car will be here at uh, at 11 a.m. You know, just make sure you're ready. We all went down to the front desk, and the girl behind the desk was like, all of a sudden, it was like the red carpet rolled out for us. Ah! Car showed up. The, the guy that came out of the car, he introduces himself. He's like, yeah, I'm so-and-so. I'm going to drive you around to the the different businesses today and you know here's your judging papers so apparently without knowing signed us up to be the cannabis judges for the amsterdam high times which is a magazine ah! he was the owner yeah i'm very familiar with high times and he was freaking the fuck out because he runs this cannabis cup once a year in amsterdam it's a collaboration but his his magazine at the time in 1998 was like a big thing. No shit. We were judges. I was a judge for oh my gosh. A, a day and a half. Because what happened was. What ha- happened. What ha- happened was. We went to a couple of places. I mean, when I tell you, we walked in. We had people, waiters, giving us like a cappuccino or an espresso with it. Like very fancy. Mm-hmm. I went to a place called. I'll never forget. It's called Chocolatas. Mm-hmm. And it was the only chocolatier in the competition and he did gourmet truffles with hash i had a bite within an hour i'm like get me back to the hotel went to the hotel and i slept for oh over 24 hours i slept i slept through the rest of the competition (gasps) oh my gosh that must have been like super special because my one and only interaction with marijuana did absolutely nothing for me Now that I know exactly what I experienced, I appreciate it more now. But back then, I didn't know. I had no idea. No idea. Snoop's 13th studio album, produced by Pharrell Williams, and titled Bush, arrived on (laughs) May 2015 with the release of singles like Peaches and Cream. Peaches and Cream. Yeah. And so many pros. The album shot to number one on the hip-hop R&B chart. After performing for concerts in Sweden on July 25th, 2015, was pulled over and detained by Swedish police for allegedly using illegal drugs. During the detention, he was taken to the police station to perform a drug test and was released. The rapid test was positive for traces of narcotics, and he was potentially subject to fines, and depending on the results, with more detailed analysis, although final results strongly indicated that there was drug use Mm -hmm. the charges ultimately were dropped like everything else because they could not prove that he was in sweden when he consumed the substance and a lot of that would have to do with like jurisdiction correct yeah the rapper 
uploaded several videos on Instagram criticizing the police and allegedly racial profiling. Oh, gee. Taped himself sitting in the back seat of the police car at the time. Police spokesman responded to the accusation saying, we don't work like that here in Sweden. During the video, Snoop announced to his Swedish fan base that he would no longer go on tour in the country due to the incident. Hmm. So his 14th solo album, Kool-Aid, was released in July 2016. In 2018, Snoop announced that he was a born-again Christian and released his first gospel album, The Bible of Love, before returning to the hip-hop form in summer 2019. He's a born-again Christian. I can see in with his upbringing, his infractions with the law on several occasions in various countries... And then coming back to his roots, maybe, that would inspire his, if he were to have any other career, he may be a pastor. Right. Snoop showed off his likability personality in VH1's Martha and Snoop Hot Luck Dinner, which debuted in 2016. (gasps) Yes! In which he and Martha Stewart hosted dinner parties for celebrity guests. Yes! He also landed a predominant role in 2019 animated adoption of the Adams Family as Cousin It. Hey, he was Cousin It. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I don't think I ever actually watched the animated version, the recent animated version. But of course, as an Adams, I have a link into the Adams Family. During the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo, which was held in 2021 because of COVID, he appeared on the TV show Olympic Highlights with Kevin Hart and Snoop Dogg, in which two men provided humorous look at the games. Now, I was just watching this an hour ago or before this crime chat. I love the fucking show. Like, it, these two characters are hilarious together, and Kevin Hart is amazing. I love Kevin Hart. Yes! He's amazing. On November 19th, 2018, Snoop Dogg was giving a star on Hollywood Walk of Fame. He released his 17th solo album. Now, this whole time, I have mentioned each album. He's on his 17th. 17th. I want to thank me, it was entitled. Mm -hmm. And in 2022, Snoop Dogg acquired Death Row Records, releasing his 19th album, B-O-D-R. He owns Death Row. Row record. Good for you, Snoop Dogg. The Midas touch. Yes. Snoop Dogg has been married to his high school sweetheart, Shantae Taylor, since 1997. Mm-hmm. They have two sons and one daughter together. Snoop is first cousins with the R&B star Brandy. Yeah. You remember Brandy? I love we Brandy. Love I didn't know he was related to Brandy too. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. And Ray J. I know Ray J is her brother. Yes. Yeah. And as we know, as we spoke about before, he is a de- he is very devoted husband, yes. devoted family man, yes. very private man, yes. and we respect his privacy. Most recently, a woman sued Snoop Dogg for $10 million, alleging that he sexually assaulted her in 2013 mm. following the concert in California. Mm-mm. A source representing Snoop Dogg has denied accusations. I don't know. Okay, so Snoop Dogg announced the death of his mother, Beverly Tate, on Instagram, writing, Thank you, Mama, for having me, accompanying a photo of himself and his mother. Aww. Snoop also attributed his success to his mother, who worked tirelessly for years for him to keep him safe. Mm -hmm. Snoop Dogg's... And I'm sure he took care of his mama. Of course. She lived in... uh, She lived in California on the beach in a beautiful house. Like, of course. He's not... Of course. He's a family man. He's a family man. I am sure even with infractions or whatever, he was still making money. I mean, 
Yeah. People like this make sure that their family is taken care of. And I'm sure he took care of his mama. Of course. Snoop's net worth is $150 million. Okay. It's all money. Snoop Dogg partnered with 19 crimes. Gas. Gas. <laughs> uh, to launch Snoop Cali Red, yes. a red blend. Uh, through the partnership, Snoop Dogg turns his personal passion for wine into exciting new business venture. I'm glad Thank he's got you, a personal passion for wine. Because as we do. Yes, we do. 19 Crimes tells the true story of the rule breakers who beat the odds as we know from our first 19 crimes episode yes who overcame adversity and went on to become folk heroes in their society this spirit lives on today through the inventors and the culture and the creators like Callie's own Snoop Dogg yes he's got three different wines one is called 19 Crimes Snoop Dogg Cali Gold, which is the most recent. Yes. Mm-hmm. 19 Crimes Snoop Dogg Cali Rosé, mm. which I have to try. Is great. And 19 Crimes Snoop Dogg Cali Red Blend, which I'm drinking right now. Yes. I hope that highlights some some accomplishments in his life and some of the setbacks that he had. But what I've noticed with the research is there is a plethora of information about this man. Yes. You can, you can do a three-part series on his life. Mm-hmm. He has had so many great accomplishments, but he has had also like an overwhelming uh, amount of setbacks mm-hmm. legally. Mm-hmm. And it seems in all of them, like he said, like it was always uh, what was stated in the police report. Yeah. During the time with the East Coast, West Coast rap, pop culture there was also a feud going on and as we know like we've we've lost many really talented talented artists through that feud uh like biggie smalls tupac yes and because of that snoop dogg is related to all of them you know the way i feel is i think there was definitely a target on his back because of his relation with everything yeah but snoop dogg all is also somebody who's got a very entrepreneurial mind yes so that's why martha i think connects to him yes. because he's not in it for that yes. he's he he has seen the bad the, he has seen the bad and the ugly of this world and he's also seen the good and and he really does a, a, like Mm-hmm. gravitate towards the good yeah he really does his relationship with martha is good his relationship with uh kevin hart is good he his relationship with his soulmate wife is yeah. amazing he's a good egg i can't wait to hear though but your your story about yeah martha. so we talked about snoop Mm-hmm. And um, so we're going to talk about Martha now. Are you ready? Yes, okay. I am ready. So here are a few amazing takeaways regarding Martha Stewart from Investopedia.com in October of 2021. So a year ago. One down from over a billion. Martha Stewart's net worth is down from a billion. Martha Stewart's net worth is estimated to be... In the vicinity of four hundred million as of twenty twenty. At a girl. Yes. Get out of the park. Just become president. Just become uh, the first female president. We're gonna president. talk about Please, the presidency. Martha. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Martha Stewart be- first became a billionaire when her company Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia went public in nineteen ninety nine, and then due to obstruction of justice, 
making false statements, and conspiracy of lying. Stewart served five months in jail in 2004. In 2015, Martha Stewart Living on the Media was sold to Sequential Brands Group for $350 million. And Sequential Brands Group sold Martha Stewart Living Omni Media in 2019 to Marquee Brands for $175 million. So where did this empire of Martha Stewart begin? Let's find out. Mm. Born August 3rd, 1941 in Jersey City, New Jersey. New Jersey. As she was the second of six children to teachers Edward Kostra and Martha Ruskowski, obviously of Polish heritage. Her mother taught her to cook and sew. Her father taught her to garden. And her grandparents taught her to can and preserve. She started earlier in she started early in her entrepreneurship at the age of 10 as she worked as a babysitter and organized birthday parties around this age for the children she babysat. At the age of 15, she started to model and was in a Unilever commercial. Her early modeling pictures and such will be on the Patreon, but as a teenager, she made $50 an hour in like 1960s. 50s 1950s wow. which it was amazing right that's a, an astronomical astronomical amount for the 50s mm-hmm. she attended barnard college of columbia university originally planning to major in chemistry but would later switch to art history and then eventually graduated with art, architectural history she eventually ended up modeling throughout college and under a big name company such as chanel have you heard of that like have you seen her in some of the chanel I've never seen her in Chanel, but I know her. Oh, what you know Chanel, Chanel of course, yes. Yeah. In 1961, she married Andrew Stewart, a student at Yale Law School. They had one child, Alexis, born in 1965. In 1967, Martha began a second career into business with her father-in-law as a stockbroker, on- the only female stockbroker at the firm at the time. Martha would later say, quote, the job taught me so much about what it takes to be a real business, a real company, a meaningful and useful enterprise, end quote. Meanwhile, her husband, Andrew, began publishing his, uh, began his own publishing house and was the chief executive in other publishing houses. They moved to Connecticut where they purchased a restore, purchased and restored a farmhouse built in 1805. That's... 100 plus years old Mm -hmm. like they Mm -hmm. completely restored it Mm -hmm. this will become the tv studio of martha stewart living currently a magazine and formerly a television program featuring entertaining lifestyle content and domestic arts she said quote it was not until i left wall street that i discovered my true entrepreneurial bent i loved ideas i loved building i loved creating and i loved making money as a result End quote. In the late 70s, Martha had her own catering business and eventually opened her own store. Through connections with her husband, Martha was hired to cater a book release party wherein she was introduced to Alan Merkin, head of Crown Publishing Group, impressed by her talents as both a chef and a hotel as both a chef and a hostess. Mm-hmm. Alan would later ask Martha to develop a cookbook. She featured recipes and photos from parties she had hosted before, leading to her first book called, quote-unquote, Entertaining, released in December of 1982. Following the success, Martha released so many more books. 1983, Martha Stewart's Cookbook. 1984, Martha Stewart's 
hors d'oeuvres. Mm. 1985, Martha Stewart's Pies and Tarts. Ooh. 1987, Weddings. 1988, The Wedding Planner. Martha Stewart's Secret for Entertaining. And Martha Stewart's Quick Cook Menus. 1989, Martha Stewart's Christmas. <laughs> like, like, she just began to, like, bounce and produce all these different books. Yeah. These were just to name a few and also authored many magazine and newspaper articles as well as started to make television appearances on programs such as Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. Mm -hmm. However, during the steady increase in success, her and Andrew departed and in 1987, they they separated in 1987 and divorced in 1990. Martha's Magazine, called Martha Stewart Living, began quarterly in 1990 and by 1994 turned monthly due to its popularity. So started just four times a year and then became 12 times a year every mm-hmm. month, right? So it was originally published by Time Incorporated. However, Martha left this publish co- publishing company and started her own called Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia. Circulation peaked at its highest in 2002 with more than 2 million copies per issue. That's a fucking lot. Yeah, yeah. The Martha Stewart um, Living television show started in 1993 as a weekly half-hour program. By 1997, it expanded to a full hour every day in the weekday, Monday through Friday. Yeah, same, right? And then in 1999, she added an extra half-hour over the weekend. She also joined NBC's Today Show, made frequent appearances, and she still does to this day, and then in CBS's early show, she did holiday specials. If you remember, 1990s, Martha was hot. Mm-hmm. Freaking on fire. She can shut down New York City in a heartbeat. Like, that's right? how big she was by us. Well, I mean, <laughs> you even talked about it. She yeah. came with her, like, complete, like... Yeah, I was on I was on the West Side Highway. That is a main, serious strip of yeah. road. Yeah. Completely shut, shut down. down for like maybe 10 yeah. minutes just to get her out of the car. Yeah. And I re- I mean, I remember seeing her, seeing her everywhere as a teenager then. Mm. She had her hands into everything and anything domestic. Martha Stewart's 1995 Christmas special was called Home for the Holidays. It featured her mom, Miss Piggy, Julia Child. Ooh. Hillary Clinton, who was the first lady at the time, and a lot of crafts in her classic line, quote, if you can bunch it, you can make a wreath out of it, end quote. In 1997, Martha's branding company, Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia, grew into its consolidation and purchase of television, print, and merchandise related to Martha Stewart brand. Mm -hmm. By 1999, Martha Stewart Living went public on the New York Stock Exchange with an initial offer of $18 per share and rallied at its peak at $38 per share. She was the first self-made billionaire female in the United States. What could stop her? (laughs) Well, perhaps her involvement in a stock trading that would lead to find her behind bars. Yeah. Perhaps. In December 2004, Martha was accused and convicted of getting a heads up and selling stock before it would take take the hit into her pocketbook. She invested in M-Clone, I-M-C-L-O-N-E, 
Systems, a company known for having various successes in cancer treatment medication called Herbitix. Herbutix. M-Clone was owned by a gentleman named Sam Waskell, an immunologist turned entrepreneur. And in 2004, after the whole Martha saga, Waskell was arrested for trying to sell $5 million of M-Clone shares after the Food and Drug Administration refused to um, accept Herbutix. Herbutix. Herbutix application in 2001. So December 2001... He submits this for the FDA approval. FDA says, eh, I don't think mm-hmm. so. So he also tipped, so of his selling of his own $5 million, he also tipped off his father, who sold $6.7 million in share, and his daughter, who sold $2.5 million in shares. Prior to the FDA announcement, shares to the company had doubled at this point. So December of 2001 was like huge for this company in cancer Mm. advancement, medication treatment. And it capped at $75.45 per share on December 6, 2001. By the end of the month, stocks fell to $8.79. And that was because the FDA declined its declined it right so by the end of december 2001 stocks fell to a low of eight dollars and 79 cents per share wiping out 4.6 billion dollars of stockholder wealth oh my god and that was simply because the fda refused it so where does martha come involved in all of this well let me tell you Martha's involvement included a phone call to Sam Waxell mm-hmm. on or about December 27th, 2001, wherein she sold her shares. However, Martha said she had a preset arrangement with her stockbroker to sell I'm Clone immediately if it fell below $60 a share. So, like I mentioned, it was at $75 a share in the beginning of the month. It slowly began to decline. Mm-hmm. And she said, once it becomes below $60 per share... Get rid of it. I don't want it. Right, right. Which a lot it, of people do. Sure, yeah. Mm. So when it sold, it was at $58 per share, and she sold 4,000 shares, saving her a loss just over $45,000. It was pennies. Pennies. Pen- oh, pennies, yes, uh, compared to her billion dollar um, yeah. worth, uh-huh. right? When Martha was asked to produce the official quote-unquote stop-loss order that she made to her broker, there never was one. She said she verbally told this to her broker. It was never in writing. And in mid-December, was unable to provide the three basic documents to the House Energy and Commerce Committee, which they requested, one, the stop-loss order, two, the executed cell, which would have the time on it, which she sold the shares, and then three, her telephone logs. She refused. Quote, we simply cannot accept the take my word for it, which was, that was quoted by the committee spokesman, Ken Johnson. Mm -hmm. So at this point, the federal investigators tried to figure out what she made the phone call to Wasco was before or after she sold her shares. Yeah. Uh, Right. So, as we know, Martha was indicted on nine charges of federal securities, fraud, and obstructing government investigation, and faced up to 30 years in jail. If she was found guilty, she did, of course, plead not guilty. 
Federal prosecutors said she altered evidence that she traded on inside information about I'm Clone. She conspired with her stockbroker to lie to federal officials, and then she defrauded shareholders in her company, Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia, by misleading them as to why she sold her stock. Mm-hmm. Quote, Martha Stewart is being prosecuted not for who she is, but for what she did, end quote, says James Corney, U.S. Attorney of the Southern District of New York. I believe it's the other way around. <laughs> okay, we'll find that out. <laughs> and no, I agree. She was to be made ex- an example of, essentially. Yeah. So Martha was convicted and served five months in prison and five months of house arrest in her New York farmhouse, which was an estate. I would do five months of house arrest at her farmhouse. Me, me too. Me too. Yeah, Bedford, New York. Okay. Uh, for lying to investigators, but if. Ev- but even prison could not stop her. Can't stop, won't stop. She was charged, quote, she was in charge of decorating the prison for Christmas. She had a $50 budget. She It was totally a different time frame for her. She took all of her Christmas cards and everyone gathered around and she read every one of her Christmas cards to the other prisoners while she was in prison she made it an event and to share her huge correspondence with people who did not have anybody writing to them Aww. end quote it's not I amazing love her. yeah i love her yeah, i love her too i want to i want to serve time with martha <laughs> i wish i would have served time with martha so while the conviction and sentencing were used to make an example of her to help curb abuses of po- corporate power this did so much more than crumble her image. In fact, it enhanced it. Mm. While the initial impact after her conviction made a significant decrease, a loss about of about $7.33 million, it made a comeback in 2006, profiting nearly $3 million. Martha's company stock had more than doubled since her conviction. Donald Trump, at that point in time, even asked her to start a spinoff to The Apprentice TV show. Do you remember that? I do. I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. And he said, quote, her comeback is already well underway. Even before she returned home, she had signed deals to appear in two new TV programs, end mm-hmm. quote, to include the new Apprentice show, which had spun off. However, the Martha Donald partnership <laughs> would not last. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this in, mm-hmm. in the news? Mm-hmm. Yeah. After Martha's Apprentice program was canceled by NBC, there appeared to have been a falling out between Martha and Donald. In 2008, Martha had Joan Rivers as a guest on her Martha Stewart Living show, in which the following conversation was exchanged after Joan said that she received a gift of Donald Trump's steaks. Joan, quote, somebody sent me and I got very upset last night, Donald Trump's steaks, end quote. Martha, quote, Oh, yeah, he has steaks. End quote. Burn. Joan. (laughs) Joan, quote, I thought, quote, I can't eat Donald Trump, end quote. And then they said no. And then he owns the company and they didn't slaughter him. Martha said, quote, too bad, (laughs) end quote, as if they didn't slaughter Donald Trump for the steaks. Yeah. So on the same day of the television show that this happened, Donald was in an article by Newsweek and quoted saying, I am tired of Martha blaming me for her failure. NBC declined to renew Stewart's version of the program after its initial session of the TV show Apprentice, and he fired her um, off of a letter in domestic 
of the domestic diva assailing her and suggesting that her show suffered from overload because it was on the air at the same time as the original princess that Donald Trump was on. Mm -hmm. Poor programming, maybe? I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. So in February 2012, Martha Stewart and her dog had their day in the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show, wherein Genghis Khan, Martha Stewart's Chow Chow Canine, won Best in Breed. Yes. Did you remember? Do you remember that? I do. Yes! Mm -hmm. I know, me too. Okay. So in 2016, Martha and Snoop started VH1 series called Martha and Snoop's Pollock Dinner Party. Yes. Wherein Snoop and Martha was a quote-unquote, Snoop said Martha was quote-unquote a dope lyricist. and really? that Yes. And Martha added, quote, I usually play classical music in my kitchen, but now it might morph into something a little bit more hip-hoppy. Yes. End quote. Yeah, we need to do a series, Nat and Cat in the Kitchen. Oh, my. oh, that would be amazing. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So if you <laughs> haven't seen the Snoop and Martha iteration of the famous ghost movie scene as an advertisement for their VH1 show, if you haven't seen it, it's hilarious. I will link it in the Patreon. I, no, I've, I've only seen the Titanic no, one. No, no, no. They have a ghost one. <laughs> From the ghost, like the pottery yeah. wheel and everything. Yes, Martha is on the pottery wheel. Snoop comes up behind her. It's beautiful. amazing. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> In 2020, Martha entered the world of Hawaiian. Her 19 Crimes Martha Shard advertisement is quoted as the following. The world doesn't need just another Chardonnay. It needs my Chardonnay. This Chardonnay satisfies my palate with notes of cream and caramel, bright citrus, and brownstone fruit with a crisp, clean finish. Great crowd pleaser at your next party. And then Martha says, let's work hard, play hard, and drink Martha's Shard. A firm acidic core brings a core balance to the savory and sweet tastings. It pairs well with your favorite dishes along after a long day of working, cooking, playing, and gardening. When Snoop Dogg tried it, he said it was better <gasps> than gin and juice. What? So that is all part of her advertisement for Martha Shard. Better than gin and juice. Right. And only Martha, only Martha <laughs> right. could do play that with Snoop Dogg. He would allow Martha yes. because Martha has nothing. He would allow right, it. Because he, he would he allow it. He respects her. Yes. He loves her. And, and they have, yes. it's not a, they, I think they, they respect each other so much from their accomplishments. Yes. They did. Yes. So regarding Martha's podcast, I've talked about several times. Mm-hmm. So September 15th, she announced that Pete Davidson confirmed he would be on her podcast. Mm-hmm. And with his recent split from Kim Kardashian, it should be a very interesting interview. He's from Staten Island, too. I know. <laughs> his dad was one of the ones that was killed yeah. in 9-11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also, in September of 2022, she tweeted a video of her drinking, sipping Green Mountain coffee, showing her in nothing but an apron. Martha. It was very provocative. And I will, I will include the link in our Patreon, but basically, she likes her coffee coffee the same way that she likes her men naked apparently <laughs> it's the same way 
love it's it. an adorable ad and i love it and of course it will be linked in the patreon and with the public's backing she was restored to her status both revered as a domestic guru and a billionaire mm-hmm. after 97 books a media empire and more than 40 years later martha still remains the most prominent diy diva yeah. reaching out to the next big thing such as a CBD and skincare line. She is actually investing in it at this point. And now I want to end you with 10 facts you may or may not know about Martha, published by the Daily Meal in 2013. Ready? Mm -hmm. Okay, one, the baseball babysitting. Back when she was known as Martha Helen Kostra, Stewart babysat the children of baseball greats such as Mickey Mantle, Yogi Berra, and Gil McDougal. Even at the ripe age of 10, Stewart had some pretty impressive connections and to this day is a staunch Yankees fan. Number two, she's a gangsta. Believe it or not, the culinary aficionado is a big fan of rap music. She often listens to it and on the set of Martha Stewart's show, her favorite hip-hop artist is Eminem. Okay. And not Snoop Dogg. Okay, but Eminem is good. You know, like, yeah. Eminem is good. Yeah. So, number three, Sleepless in Stewartville. Mm -hmm. Holding the title as America's Greatest Cook, Baker Host is a no easy task. It is no wonder the woman can't get enough shut eye. Stewart reputedly has a hard time getting a full night's sleep and can often be found indulging in late night television shows number four she runs a farm martha stewart has always been a passionate animal lover and advocate however the sheer number of animals in her care is quite astonishing stewart's farm is home to four horses 200 chickens two sheep three miniature donkeys five cats three dogs 25 red canaries oh and did we mention she's a book a beekeeper how quaint this is why we love this is why she is the real deal this woman exactly real deal she can go to jail come do it all be a bigger success just cross cultures she's the real deal she needs to be present exactly okay so five she's got an epic nickname Mm. martha stewart or m diddy as she is known (laughs) in prison Encountered a bit of legal trouble in 2002 when she was indicted on charges of insider trading. She served five months in jail time in 2004, was sentenced to strict home confinement immediately following her stay in prison. During her time in the white collar facility, her network net worth was more than tripled, bringing her total net worth to over a billion dollars. Yes, girl, worth I mean, that's why she still does it. Mm-hmm. Number six, before Martha Stewart was known for her culinary pursuits, she held a number of interesting positions. As a teenager, she earned paycheck modeling and appeared in several magazine ads and television commercials, including one for Tara Ron's cigarettes. She later made a name for herself as a stockbroker with a small firm, Monis Williams and Seidel. She, she reportedly used her looks to her advantage in board meetings by occasionally showing up in hot pants. Number seven, she dated a knight. After Stewart's divorce to her husband, Andrew Stewart, in 1987, which was official in 1990, she entered the dating pool. Stewart entertained a brief romance with actor Sir Anthony Hopkins. Ooh, I can see that. While, 
While they did get along, Stuart just couldn't get past his roles. Mm-hmm. After a while, after watching Silence of the Lambs, she had some second thoughts, and it was like apparently she could not stomach Hannibal Lecter's unique eating habits. Really. <laughs> <laughs> she broke it off. <laughs> Number eight, surprise, no surprise, she's a control freak. Yes. <laughs> Stuart is known by her colleagues to be very detail-oriented and is somewhat of a tough cookie. And in fact, she personally approved each and every piece of the 3,000 items licensed through Macy's. Mm-hmm. According to her head of merchandising, Stuart once refused to approve a pot claiming it was quote-unquote crap, and she didn't want her name on it. a girl. I'm so proud of her. <laughs> Number nine, she is scent-free. Stuart's favorite scent is unscented. Faux aromas are not for her, which is why you'll find all of her home products are fragrance-free. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And number 10, she's a simple gal. Mm-hmm. One might think that an experienced chef like Stuart could only dine at the finest and fanciest foods, but according to Cook and Maven herself, the homemade meal she enjoys the most, scrambled eggs. Mm. And that is Martha Stewart. I love Martha. I love, I love Martha too. Her. She is such a, I mean, what a divine pair these two make. I know. Like, through all the controversy, through all of the whatever is thrown at them, they have yeah. made it beyond. They both and it did is individually, and they amazing. They brought their their friendship is before they were friends. They both went through hell and back again, and yes, oh my god, amazing! Oh. I love it. I love it. Oh my god! So they, I want to say thank you, Nineteen Crimes, for putting them their faces yes. on these labels. Add this is. And thank you, 19 Crimes, for the wine. <laughs> yes. Look at those eyes. You see those eyes right there? Look oh, my that. God. Look at that I sass. Do you see I'm, that? Do you see she, that sass? Oh, my god. Let me gosh. tell you something. Martha is a beautiful woman. How old is she? She is very beautiful. 81 years beautiful. old. Inside and out. And a badass mm-hmm. at the same time. Yes. Very much so. Because we don't want to leave you hanging chatters for more information on this crime chat, please check out After That Crime Chats. After That Crime Chats. (laughs) Yes, only available on the Patreon. I know you're going to have links. I'm going to have links. There's going to be early pictures of Martha modeling she i can only imagine how beautiful she's beautiful i'm is she was was gorgeous absolutely yes but don't forget to follow crime chat with nat and cat on facebook instagram youtube twitter and tiktok to see what is coming up next and this is the season one finale which means there's gonna be a season two season two kicks off in november Mm -hmm. But we'll be re-releasing throughout October our Crime and Cosmetics episodes to promote our collaboration with Mad Love Cosmetics. Yes. Which is the Crime and Cosmetics Mm -hmm. line. You're not going to want to miss any of those episodes. Marilyn, Aqua Tafana, Mm -hmm. Bloodbathery. Like, you're going to want to re-listen to a lot of those. A lot of beauty, a lot of makeup, a lot of murder. Yes. Beauty, makeup, and murder, of course. So remember, Crime Chat with Nat and Kat. 
subscribe to our Patreon for bonus episodes and uh, behind the scenes <laughs> behind the scenes bloopers <laughs> and check out merch in the works. And the bloopers are going to be amazing. Yes. Actually, <laughs> we just released bloopers. <laughs> probably the funniest thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. And um. And I think I'm I'm going to collaborate season one bloopers. I think I'm going to yes, do that. But the last bloopers you did, please just post it on Facebook. <laughs> please post it on Facebook, Cat. Please. Chatters. Ask Cat it, to post. It's hilarious. you got to post it. Just you rearranging the your fucking room. Hilarious. Uh, <laughs> yes. I've got my calendar. I've got the nothing cat. I've got the... Nineteen cries. So we're gonna come at you, season two. We're gonna be guess what, chatters. L- look, season two is gonna be legit. We're gonna be organized. We're gonna be coming at you, organized. Yeah, are we? We're gonna be sniper style. We- we're gonna be sniper style. <laughs> are we? We are. Well, yeah, okay. we are. We're gonna organize our natisms, and we're gonna add cat confessions. We're gonna be organized. <laughs> It's going to be amazing. You guys, we cannot wait to debut season two with you guys. But in the meantime, listen to the crime, the crime and cosmetics um, for basically enhancing our crime and cosmetics with Mad Love Cosmetics and go to madlovecosmetics.com to pre-order your cosmetics line today. Or go to crimechatwithnatcat.com mm. and check out our merch, check out Mad Love, check out all the things that we have on the website. And until next time, we will see you on the next Crime Chat. Bye. Bye.